Larson and Danny were the best of friends all through their NASCAR days. Both members of the 75 Club, both bound for the Hall of Fame. Then one day a new driver joined the tour, his name was Ross Chastain. Little did they know that in 2023 it caused them a lot of pain. Cause Ross wrecked him land and he did it again and his ship ran and pulled into the five. Kyle and Danny held hands and they worked out a plan to make sure that one car died. Cause Ross made them cry, na 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 na, goodbye Ross. Those 25 points, na na na, we'll keep them as long as we don't voice. What really happened on Dennis Podcast? Cause our actions were detrimental on Ross. Goodbye, Ross. Goodbye, Ross. A lot of drivers want to say goodbye, Ross, indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Front Stretch Happy Hour, episode three. Sit down, relax, grab a drink, unless you're driving, of course, and then just sit back and enjoy some great NASCAR fodder. Of course, that was Goodbye, Ross by our own Michael Massey, his second song about Ross Chastain. That uh, I guess, you know, kind of started my journey here with Front Stretch is uh, Michael and I created uh, the wrecking ball of ross at richmond and then goodbye ross and we'll talk a little bit about that welcome in to the front of happy hour as i mentioned my name is trey lyle i'm joined by my co-host weekly dalton hopkins and the man michael massey and we're joined by our guest this week also from frontstretch.com he was there at no he was not there at tober he was at talladega jared haas jared welcome in man well, it's a pleasure to have you here uh i'm excited to join happy hour i knew i'd be one of the first few guests here and I hope I don't disappoint you guys. And I mean, we already got live entertainment here, so it's off to a good start. The bar is very low, Jared. <laughs> you, you, you cannot disappoint us at all. Yeah, don't worry. Forever and always, Brian Nolan will be the low bar. So you're okay. <laughs> yeah. As Dalton, long as goes, uh, what do we? What, are, what is? Uh, what is scheduled to talk about today? We're gonna get some angry texts from Brian for that. <laughs> real quick, real quick. Let me let me imitate him real quick. What? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that's pretty spot on. Uh, so that was so we're obviously we're talking about Ross Chastain today, as uh, Michael Massey just sung to us. I'm sure we'll be able to put that song on iTunes at some point in case uh, you want to download that and, and and do whatever. Not really, but then we're going to talk about MTJ. We're talking about Martin Truex Jr. getting close to retirement. Is this going to be his last win of his Cup Series career, or do we have more along the way? And where exactly does he rank? among the NASCAR's best drivers. And then, of course, news coming out today, Legacy Motor Club moving to Toyota in 2024. What exactly does that mean for that team? It's drivers, Richard Petty, and, of course, GMS Racing. And then Jared's going to introduce his own topic this week and talk about the next-gen car and, quote-unquote, crappy parts. So that's what I've got written down here. But we got some pretty good stuff uh, lined up this week. 
That is right, Dalton. And let's dive right into it. We're coming off a Dover race that saw Martin Truex win. We'll talk a little bit about that when we talk about MTJ. But Jared, you are our guest. So our guest always goes first because we are proper gentlemen here at the Happy Hour Podcast. So what would you like to bring uh, to us today? I'd like to expand upon what I kind of mentioned in the podcast week with Brian Nolan. NASCAR Utopia, I think, is the the word I used, but it kind of describes a sense of NASCAR vision about, I think, like 2015 or so, that they were dreaming of cars, 43 cars crossing the start-finish line at the same time. And it seems still with this next-gen car, we're losing that luster of you know, performance going over the edge. I still remember back in 2001, the Toyota 500, Rusty Wallace saying that um, he might not make it 500 miles with his engine at Daytona. That's almost a rare cadence with teams trying to push the limits. And I want to talk about, you know, the durability next-gen car, bringing it over to you, where, you know, the failures are more, as Kevin Harker would say, crappy-ass parts. But, you know, we're seeing this perspective now of all this equalness. Is this equalness good for NASCAR? Do we need teams pushing to the limits? Uh, do we need crappy-ass parts? What are your guys' thoughts? Because, I mean, this is the dream for NASCAR for Utopia seems like the fans, especially at Talladega and Martinsville, we're not too utterly pleased with the equalness, I would say. Yeah, I would say, you know, I do miss the days of engine failures, uh, parts failures, things like that. Uh, it doesn't happen as much. It happened some last year with the next gen being new, but now it seems they've worked, worked out a lot of the kinks. Big thing now, like this past week at Dover, was the tire failures. We saw, you know, Kevin Harvick, uh, several other drivers have a lot, a lot of tire cutters. Joey Logano had one. Um, I think it was just them going too far. I, I, I think that the solution is also a solution to make better racing, and and that's the give more horsepower. You know, you, you give the let the engine makers test out their skills at adding horsepower. To these cars push the limits more. So right now, they're really just being handcuffed, held back. Uh, so. You know, they, they're, you're not going to have any parts failures if people are are not really pushing these engines as hard as they can go. So I, that'd be the easy fix. I, you're right. It, it, having 40 cars, 38 cars, whatever, past the finish line on the lead lap, like lap traffic makes racing awesome. Cautions make racing awesome. And yeah, that it is kind of a lost thing now. Although I will say we had eight cars on the lead lap at one point Sunday. So it's not completely gone. I do want to ask, has anyone ever seen tires give off dust before, not laying on the track during practice? I've never seen that. Yeah, I was alarmed when I heard that on the Denny Hamlin on the Denny Hamlin podcast, just talking about like those tires just not giving down any rubber. I mean, that is just that's a serious issue that we've we've got to fix here soon. I thought I remember when Dover was like that was that chewed up tires so quickly, and that was the name of the game. And it was almost like Darlington, what it what what Darlington is now. And it, we had so many varying strategies because of that. And, of course, we didn't really have that. And we saw Ross Chastain change to four tires and uh, this past weekend on the last restart, and he still couldn't catch Martin Truex, uh, even though Truex is only on the two fresh tires. It's frustrating to watch when, you know, you know you've got cars that are really fast and they want to change tires. I mean, you know, you had Kyle Busch, who was one of the fastest cars at the beginning of the race, and he couldn't do anything because, you know, he changed tires and he was mired back in traffic. And, of course, he got uh, caught up in that incident. But going back to what we were talking about with this equality, 
What about last year? I mean, I personally believe last year was probably the best NASCAR season I have ever watched. And that's saying a lot. We had so many drivers week in, week out, constantly competing against one another and constantly competing for a win where, and you know, we had like, we talking about RFK racing. They've been on a streak recently. They've been doing really well recently. Chris Busher, uh, one at Bristol last year, Eric Jones. So we're going to get to legacy motor club later on. We're probably gonna talk about how underperforming they are this year. Eric Jones won at Darlington last year. I mean, and he was performing really well the entire year. We're not seeing that now. So I think there is a correlation to how good we loved last year, at least for me, there is a correlation with how great last year was and the equality that we had in racing and this year. And now we're seeing cars. Now we're seeing Hendrick motorsports go back to the top. Joe Gibbs racing has gotten a few wins now already. Like it's, it's, you know, it doesn't really seem like it's all that fun anymore. I, and there's, it's a double-edged sword. I agree. I think that there is something to be said that there should be teams that aren't as fast and there should be the top teams as well. But do we want it to be here? And I'm, and I'm for, for the listeners, do I want it to be here where, you know, it's really close or do I want it to be stretched out way out here? So it's it's really difficult to to like something like that when you have one team running away with it. Yeah, I, I always think motorsports should be the test of machine and man to the ultimate degree. I mean, that's the Coke 600 like you know, theme of it. It's, it's the idea of texting man and machine as much as it can. So do I think that parts should be flying left and right? I think that's not the safest thing. I think there should be a happy medium. I think formula one kind of sort of has that happy medium where, you know, it's not every race you see an engine failure, but you still see it. You really don't see it. Like when's the last season you like last year, you sort of saw engine failures, but you never really see it anymore. And I think it's because they've limited the engine so much in terms of her horsepower. Like I think, Getting a softer tire and more horsepower would do a lot for the sport in the long run. I think the idea is is that NASCAR wanted to track a new new OEM. That's the problem with the horsepower. And they're like, the best way to do it is is limit the horsepower. It's the cheapest way. And well, and we're gonna talk about an OEM in a moment. Well, that clearly hasn't worked. And it there's been kind of flirtations with it, but it, it seems like that's not gonna happen anytime soon. Well, just I think that gives it up. And then you're also now with Goodyear, like Goodyear really has their only incentive is to make a tire that doesn't like blow up. Like they, they can kind of be as conservative as they want with the tire because they're the only game in town. And I think that's a real problem without through motorsports throughout is you have Firestone only in IndyCar, you have Pirelli only in F1 and you have Goodyear only in NASCAR. Like there's really no competition. And you saw the best sort of tire uses is when, you know, teams would, get their own tire company, whether it was like, I think Michelin and Firestone one year in formula one, um, whatever it may be. But so I, I think the tire is an issue. I think the horsepower is an issue and you, it results in racing that, you know, can be very hit or miss. I think last year it just was the fact that no one knew the car and, you know, with the parts shortage, they had to be kind of probably more conservative in how they built the car and what they did to the car because they couldn't go as risky this year. That's not a problem. You can go a little bit more risky. I think that's why we're seeing more penalties than we did last year. So it's just kind of that delicate game of like, yes, you want to be safe, but this again is motorsports where it's supposed to be machine and man tested to its limits. Uh, I think NASCAR has gone beyond that though. 
I mean, if we're going to really talk about, you know, the the test, you know, the ultimate test of technology, how far can racing go? Let's leave that to F1, because there's a lot of F1 fans who like F1 because it truly is the ultimate test of man and machine. That That's where we have the greatest technology in racing, the fastest cars, whatever you want to call it performing at the absolute limit but that's also at the same time that's also why we have red bull winning every single race and that's also why we had lewis hamilton and mercedes winning seven years in a row like nascar is not like that and it's not supposed to be like that nascar is entertaining it's it's fun to watch and us americans who have a very short attention span and you know who we, we really enjoy our stick and ball sports you know we like that entertainment we in nascar provides that more so than any other racing series on the planet i believe at the cost of its purity it's you know we have the playoffs we have stage racing you know you just have to give and take you can't exactly have both you can't have one racing series where you have that test of the pinnacle of of motorsport where it's one team dominating every single race because they've got the technology but at the same time, be entertaining. It's it's kind of a give and take thing. I think NASCAR is more on the entertaining side of it, and that's what gives it its identity. I would kind of argue that still NASCAR was built on man versus machine, even though Formula One has taken that from. And I don't want, like I said, that big old realm that you know the separation gap between Hendrick Motorsports and the other teams too. But I think I felt like it was a very two with that nineteen different winners. It was so minute where one little thing, you know, a qualifying lap, better lap than, you know, for that difference can make a difference between that race. We kind of saw it with Ryan Priest. You kind of saw it with Kyle Busch. They were in clean air starting up front. They're fine. They could win a race, but as soon as they get mired in traffic, that's where the issue is. And then when you run it through 36 races and you have some of those people that do have success starting up front, you're going to have those different winners. So that's kind of my concern that I've seen week in and week out of, you know, not necessarily the cream is rising. The cream does rise to the top, but, you know, there are situations where I could just play track position game, execute, and win the race. I'm really curious by Ryan Blaney's comments from yesterday. He talked about, you know, whether they thought about even staying out there at the end. And I kind of wanted to see that. Like, if Blaney had just stayed out on super old tires, and just to see if like track position mattered that much for that race to where nobody could still pass him. Cause I think that's the bigger issue is not so much the, the car, like you could have all the cars still finish and still have a good race. Um, the, the, the problem, like Martin Truex Jr. Yesterday said that him and Ross, someone asked him about him and Ross racing for the win. He's like, we weren't really racing. We were never side by side. It was more just like cat and mouse, like just him air blocking him. Uh, that, that's that's NASCAR. That's the biggest issue in NASCAR today. Really, is air blocking. Is <laughs> like that's racing now. Is manipulating the air. You know, I, I can't run side by side with this guy. I'm just gonna mess up his air. Something people, you know, casual viewers can't even see. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's the bigger issue than anything to do with like parts and stuff. Is air blocking like the ESPN one where you remember when they did the, like the air thing? back in like 2007 to show the draft. Is it like that air blocking? We almost need to bring that back. Yeah. We, we need to get Fox to bring back like, the wavy lines coming off the back of the car and like, yeah, have that little, that little, uh, <laughs> that thing on the broadcast where it would show like the air coming off of it just to show it. And then have like one big, like block, like right in front of Ross Chastain's car. 
just CGI races. This doesn't even show us races anymore. Just just, just race on i. Oh no, we tried racing on i racing. That didn't work <laughs> Speaking of winning racing, uh, Massey, you you kind of touched on it. The race this past weekend at Dover, MTJ finally ends his fifty four race drought in terms of points paying races. Obviously, winning the Clash earlier this year, it was a Truex brother sweep. First time since what seventy eight when the Wallace brothers did. It. 88, something like that. 94. 94. Even uh, I knew that. I was already even in racing in 78. <laughs> yeah, that was way off. My brain is mush, folks. That's what happens when you have a Monday race. It was back in the early 1800s when Rusty oh, Wallace. That, that, was like, that was like what? Like uh, a century ago? Like, yeah. Knows, man. Nick Brown, 94. I wasn't alive races. then. Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Then two brothers won a race in NASCAR the next day. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the <laughs> dinosaurs were around or something. I think they were like okay, running on okay, like, okay, like they were okay. The Flintstones. Congratulations, good job. <laughs> oh, but yes. Yeah, so anyways, Martin. Wait Jackson, a minute, I'm gonna redo that. What? That was perfect. It was what? funny. Wait, come on, no, we like that. This whole show's about us ragging on each other. <laughs> so, anywho, Martin Truex Jr. broke. A 54 race winless streak. Unless you're one of those people that say, "Oh wait, he won in the clash. He won in the clash." Uh, yeah, he he broke a winless, a points paying winless streak. I saw that so uh, many times this weekend. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna name any names or anything, but uh, yeah. So it was yeah his first rate, first win since 2021. And honestly, after you know. We really didn't know whether or not he would come back for this year. It seemed he was very on the fence about whether or not he would retire. So it kind of makes you wonder if that was his last win. And the reason I say that is because I remember 2003, I mean, I was a kid at this point, watching Terry Labonte win the the Southern 500 and just a feeling even then like, oh, that's his last win. Uh, Same with Jeff Gordon, obviously, with it being his second to last race, Tony Stewart. Uh, there, there's certain moments where you just felt like it was a driver's last win. And usually, I don't know. I, I did have it that another time with Gordon a little earlier, like a, a year or two before that, but he proved me wrong. But I, I had that same feeling with MTJ yesterday where uh, it, it just kind of felt like his last win. I don't know how it feels to you guys. Uh, what do you guys, do you think he'll go on a hot streak or do you think – that might be it for him. And what, what, what a perfect weekend, by the way, with his brother winning. Yeah, that's home track. Like, at that, that's track. a storybook ending. Yeah, home track, too. That's a storybook ending. And it's where he's got his first career Cup Series win as well. Bookend. But it's not a full circuit circle moment for MTJ. Oh. I think. Oh. Coming in hot. <laughs> I think he'll win a few more races this year. I think, you know, I, I you know, Gibbs, there's only four Gibbs cars and four Hendrick cars, and they're the eight fastest cars on the track. So probability says he's going to win another race. Um, you know, I, I think you could see him get it at, you know, it, Bristol's a concrete track, and that looks they look really good to concrete tracks, it appears. Um, he did win at the Clash, and Gateway is probably most similar to the Clash in terms of Logano won both you know, the clash last year in gateway. So that's probably a race he could be the favorite in. Um, I think, uh, I think it, you know, he, he seems like a driver that wants it more than he did last year. I think last year was the new car and kind of, you know, his personal life. We don't want to necessarily need to talk about it. Like everything that could go wrong with him did, and he didn't win a race. And I think 
it seemed like he lost his attitude a bit, but getting that win, he seems way more confident this year. And so I, I would not be shocked if this is, you know, he comes back next year and I think he'll win a few more races this year. I would not be shocked if he got to the point of making even the championship four. I would, I wouldn't be shocked. Well, if he, if he does all that, is this his last year still? You think I think the only way it is if he wins the championship. Well, you know, you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned the Rusty Wallace deal. You mentioned Jeff Gordon as well. But here's the difference is that we already knew that – or no, I guess not Rusty Wallace, but we knew that Jeff Gordon was about to retire. We knew that Tony Stewart was about to retire. We don't know that Martin Truex Jr. is about to retire. He has not announced anything yet. And I kind of disagree that this – I don't think this is his last win. It's kind of like what Trey was just saying. I think now, you know, Martin Truex Jr., he's gotten this win. And not to mention, he's been running up front. He's had a lot of opportunities to win races in the past, and he's just had some really terrible luck. It's not like Truex has been running in the 20th position, you know, every single race. He's been running up front around in the top 10. He just hasn't been able to capitalize. He's just one of those 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 big-name drivers that didn't have the winless streak that's still running up front and just couldn't find the luck. And now it finally paid off. I think his luck is probably going to hold. I wouldn't be surprised if we see MTJ winning more races. Trey mentioned Gateway. How about New Hampshire? Uh, I think there's some there's some big uh, tracks on the circuit that we could really see Martin Truex Jr. perform very well at in the future. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him come back for another year, especially after this win. I think the sentiment was there for a last win type of, it was kind of a very storybook weekend for the Truex family. Obviously Ryan getting his first NASCAR win in one in his 188th NASCAR start between the three series and Martin Truex finally breaking a winless streak, but I'm going to have to agree with Dalton. I mean, the sales and those winners starting to come back in the 19 team, but you got to remember this Martin Truex jr. Last season, even though he was winless, even though he finished 17th in points, he was in, more at the top end of the point standings race. It wasn't like he wasn't winning races. He finished he just, fourth in the regular season. In yeah. Points. <laughs> he had good. I mean, he was a good withstanding driver. It's just, he didn't have the luck to win. And that's what mattered in this playoff system. And that's what matters for the championship. And I think that's the relief for Martin Truex jr. Finally getting that win after missing the playoffs, because he didn't get a win, even though as Trey mentioned, he was top five in cup points. I it's kind of bonkers to believe that, but I think Joe Gibbs Racing's on that right direction, and Martin Truex Jr. can get another win. And again, too, it's going to depend on where he's going to announce. He didn't announce that he was coming back last season until Nashville, which was in June. So we'll wait and see. Again, I think that there's still another win, at least, for the number 19 team. I, I know I'm saying it, it. I think it was his last win, but I don't think he retires at the end of the year. I think he now that he's uh, newly sing because what, what's the what's the reason Kevin Harvick keeps saying he's retiring? Spend more time with his family. Truex doesn't have any kids. Doesn't he's single now? Uh, I, I just don't see the same reasons to retire as Harvick has. Uh, so I could see him running a couple more years. I could even see him maybe doing kind of a uh, Betty Parsons, Phil Parsons thing, maybe a couple years down the line, where like with him and. Ryan splitting the car, uh, but I don't know. That's just me throwing out ideas. Well, also, how how old is Kevin Harvick right now? What Somebody tell me. Forty seven. Forty seven. I I I'm I'm legitimately asking. I don't know how old he is. Uh, Finley. Forty forty eight. Okay, he, he's up there, right? I mean, he's getting close to his fifties. 
Finley, uh, I saw in the chat, Michael Finley uh, came in the chat and mentioned it was eerily similar to Dale Jarrett's last win at Talladega in 2005. Do you know how old Dale Jarrett was when he won at Talladega in 2005? Probably like 40, probably like 47, somewhere around that. Looking at it right now, he was 48. So oh, I- the thing is, is that Martin Truex Jr. right now, and, I, and I'm looking at form, I'm looking at stats at the moment, Martin Truex Jr. is 43. I know that we talk a lot about how race car drivers reach their prime in like their late 30s, things like that. Uh, but Truex has still got a lot of fight in him, and I think. And he's not really comparable to those those guys that we've already, those big names that we've already dropped. Uh, I think Truex has still got, you know, he, he, he just showed that he can still win. And it's not even like he won on like fuel mileage or anything like that or, you know, just some lucky pit stop or something. He drove up there and won. And all the while, at his, own, at his home racetrack, I think Truex, I don't think he's as good as 2017 or 2018 for that matter, but I think he's still good enough to where he can still win races and still enjoy being at the top of the sport. And that's, I mean, I can see him sticking around for another year. Yeah, he's, Martin Truex Jr. is like 43. So if he's taking the route of Kevin Harvick, he's got a good couple years at least. Yeah, like another four years or something. Yeah. Five years, whatever. He was a late bloomer anyways, so he he could end up being like a Mark Martin, Harry Gant type for for all we know. But we'll just have to wait and see. But even if he does run... You know, if he were to quit today, he would automatically. We were talking about where he ranks up in NASCAR history earlier. He's already a top seventy-five driver because he got yeah, that the athletic. Today. Yeah, and the athletic put him thirty in their top seventy-five. So, oh, wow. is he a top thirty driver of all time? I guess you know. I think if he gets the second championship, that, that yes. feels a little rich. That feels a little rich yeah. for my blood. I'd have to look at the list. I don't even. I don't know. I'm not even sure if he'd get a second championship. I think we're. I'm, I wouldn't put money. So on that. just just to put it, Larson is 29, Bobby Isaac's 28, Fireball Roberts is 27, Edwards 30 is 31st, Le, Terry Labonte is 32nd, uh, Dale Hart Jr. is 33rd, Davy Allison is 34. That's like the Dale Jarrett's 26. Speaking of him, that's like the grouping he's in. Honestly, I'll go ahead, Jarrett. I'll say this much with Martin Truex Jr. I think the big thing is he's had a lot of uh, perseverance throughout his career. Um, he was he rose up through the ranks with Dale Earnhardt Incorporated, and when he brought up to the Cup Series, that's when they started their downfall, and Truex was stuck it through. Then he went to Michael Waltrip Racing, rode that wave up, and then Spingate happened, and then they fall down. And then Martin Truex Jr. found a home at Furniture Row Racing, uh, made some magic there, and then they retire. And then Joe Gibbs picked him up. And then obviously with the the very um, what's been detailed about him dealing with, you know, Sherry uh, with the cancer thing, he's been through a lot. And understandably, to have this much of success is a feet and a half. Um, but again, with those greatest drivers, you're looking more at stat lines. But I'll, I'll say Martin Truex Jr.'s perseverance is quite a bit to stay in the sport for this long. And of course, Martin Truex is a Toyota driver. Go ahead, Massey. I was just going to say the names you listed there were – I put all of them ahead of Truex, honestly. The ones you put listed, like, right behind him. Even like, Earnhardt well, you, you yeah, Jr.? Wait, the, say those names again. You said – Jr. Carlos. was, so like, the, 33rd, right, Trey? So the ones directly behind him, I'll give you the next okay. three. Carl Edwards, who has no championship and less wins yeah. 
He's got two and championships in my book, though. <laughs> or at least the Terry co-championship. Terry Labonte, who does have a championship, but less than two. two champions. Terry's got two, two championships. Two. I know. I'm reading it. I'm reading it. Give me a <laughs> can, give me a second. Um, Dale Earnhardt Jr., 33, and then 34 is Davey Allison. Okay. I put Davey ahead of all those guys listed. I put Edwards next. Then I Terry put Labonte. Truex. I put Truex ahead of Terry, probably. Yeah, I would too. Hmm. Well, as I was about to get to my transition before I was rudely interrupted, Sorry. Martin Truex, of course, <laughs> is a Toyota driver. One thing Toyota has struggled for is simply cars in the field, especially at Speedway Racing. And as we were planning the show today, we had our topics. And then Dalton, one just fell in our laps, kind of, you know, frankly, very shocking. Uh, Legacy Motor Club in their, I guess, infant year kind of, Sort of second year, if you want to say, um, sort of first year, really as Legacy Motor Club, uh, dropped some big news today. Yeah, uh, we saw earlier today that Legacy Motor, uh, excuse me, Legacy Motor Club is going to be switching over to Toyota for 2024, and that was a move I did not see coming. I don't think a lot of people did see coming um, at all, especially with the legacy with <laughs> pun not intended. Uh, with Jimmy Johnson uh, being a part of the Chevrolet family, and of course Richard Petty uh, using Chevrolet power since uh, 2018, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know how this 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 doesn't seem like a whole lot at first, but you also have to realize that GMS Racing is involved, and this blows the doors wide open. You know what does well, Richard Petty think? Can I interrupt? It's, Go ahead. It's GMS is not. It, it, we can assume they're going to Toyota, the truck team. I would. But it, there was, there's no announcement. Like Bob Pockers tweeted, there's no, this was just Legacy Motor Club. So theoretically, GMS could stay with Chevrolet. My assumption is they don't. They probably won't. No. But, uh, but well, this look, is look, big news. Nothing, nothing's announced. Poor Tricon sure. Garage. Well, yeah, but, but, but nothing's announced, sure. But look at what happened with Kyle Busch last year, who moved over to RCR and then immediately Kyle Busch Motorsports got changed over to Chevrolet. I know it's not exactly, you know, the same thing because GMS Racing isn't, you know, Legacy Motor Club, but they obviously have an affiliation with them. When it comes to Jimmy Johnson, they had they had an affiliation last year. So I I would reckon that they're probably we'd probably see those that truck series team move over to Toyota, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Daniel Dye uh, driving that 43 truck um, in a Toyota next season. And, and I have to wonder, you know, how does this affect, you know, what made this happen exactly? You know, I know I'm sure Toyota approached them and, you know, and saw them struggling. We've seen them struggling with Chevrolet this year already. Uh, and Toyota has been uh, needing desperately additional cars, additional Toyotas in the field when it comes to the super speedway races. And of course, now there's six, which matters a lot more than you might think. So those Toyotas really there's need eight. the numbers. I'm sorry. There will be eight. There will be eight. Eight super six right. No, there'll be eight Toyotas. No, I said six super speedways. Oh, oh, oh. You guys are talking about two different things. Yeah, no. There's six Toyotas right now in the field. Right. But I I mentioned, I was talking about six super speedway racing. Speedway racing, this number is going to count. My bad. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, so I can see the confusion there. So I'm not good at math. There's too many numbers. Look, look, counting is difficult for me and I can't even read. So that's, it's, I, I understand the confusion. But, we have six super speedway races and Toyota that, that, I mean, what is that? That's a six of the season. Toyota needs those numbers in order to stay competitive. 
And this is just another, you know, it's another drop in the bucket. This is another play that we're seeing them do, you know, uh, you know, confronting a, a team that was struggling with Chevrolet, obviously, and we have them move over to Toyota. So, you know, what, what do you guys think now? You know, how much does this affect the rest of the field? You know, how much does this affect the Legacy Motor Club moving forward in 2024? Tinfoil hat time, as Massey would say. <laughs> I will say Ty Dillon, uh, we'll say left legacy uh, Petty GMS last year, or was asked to leave for reasons <laughs> because he's Ty Dillon and goes to Spire. Who's improved the most out of the midfield teams and who's probably become the weakest out of the midfield teams or has lost the speed? Hmm. The team, you know, teams with affiliations to RCR, who, who's got the better one right now? And it's interesting seeing Spire and Corey LaJoy having the best season of his career so far with probably the best equipment of his career because RCR is helping him a little bit more. So they're getting a little slighted by Chevrolet. Toyota has a lot of money now that they don't have to pay Kyle Busch and they like to spend money anyways. And they're probably not happy that Chevrolet took their biggest pipeline away from them and KBM and how Chevy is kind of being the hero for Kyle Busch. And like, look at us, we get big stars. And they're like, ah, okay. And they get the numbers they needed. They've been connected to Petty for a while. I remember the report was like, when Bubba went to 2311 was that Michael Jordan was going to buy part of Petty and they're going to move, or Denny Hamilton buy part of Petty and move to Toyota. And he was just going to stay there in the 43 this has kind of been a rumor for a while. So it was like, once you figure out the pieces, it, it, it makes sense. I, I think uh, it seemed like based off the quotes that the resources they were getting for Chevrolet were not enough for a team that wants to win. And I think there's no bigger winner amongst the ownership than Jimmy Johnson, who's a seven time champion and has, you know, probably outside of MJ, the most hunger to win races each week and win championships because MJ is on another level and I think in anything he wants to win and you know I'm not saying ownership doesn't want to win Denny doesn't win win for example Roger Penske same thing but his hunger to win seemed very prevalent in his quotes because it wasn't Martin Gallagher really being the face of this it was Jimmy Johnson who has the best relationship with Chevrolet maybe we've seen since you know Chevy's been in the sport won seven titles it's him and Dale Earnhardt so it's interesting to see how this all unfolded and toyota gets they get jimmy like they get jimmy johnson like that's a big thing that is a big fish that is a big cross we have jimmy like and i know it's not jimmy in his prime and jimmy racing but they still have jimmy johnson's going to come to the racetrack each week with a toyota logo on him that is a big thing and getting those two cars getting eric jones ironically back in toyota getting noah gregskin back in toyota because it appeared they're going to stay with him it's it's huge it's a this is the biggest move we've seen from a team in quite like since Stuart Haas jumped to Ford like yeah. that's like you you think Legacy Motor Club will at least be at the level at 2311 where they can compete for wins you know I would not say week in and week out but compete for wins most weeks and have a real shot at the playoffs compared to where they're at now I would assume so I think they're going to get the most investment they've had in quite some time from the OEM I think the when you look at it, a paper, it just makes sense for, you know, Petty GMS, uh, the, the old Petty GMS Legacy Motor Club. Um, that's a dollar in the GM, bucket. Yeah, that's a dollar in the bucket. I was looking at GMS Racing to kind of make my point further, but Legacy Motor Club, you know, they still have young drivers of Noah Gregson and 
Eric Jones, you know, Eric Jones is basically my age. He's six months older than me. Going to have a birthday this month. And then I was looking down at GMS um, racing down here in the truck, ser truck series and seeing Toyota, you know, Grant Infinger is kind of more that experience driver that's there. And Tricon Garage, the oldest driver that they had at Martinsville, they had four trucks, was born in 1999. That's the oldest driver. So I think having that veteran present back to Toyota, especially in the truck series, could help them, um, even though they didn't, they needed a rain dance all the win at Martinsville. But I think that Legacy Motor Club, bringing back to the Cup Series, is going to help them bring them more back in line as Chevy's resources is more diverted to Richard Childress Racing, Hendrick, Spire, all that team seems like they're at the bottom of the totem pole. And, you know, both of the drivers, Jones and Gregson, was like, hey, you know, we're really lacking speed this year. And they, you know, they're pretty frustrated on that. So move out of frustration. They changed manufacturers and they went to Toyota. So I think it's going to be beneficial for them in the long run for that. But I don't see like instant success, but I think this is going to help Toyota and Legacy Motor Club. Also, they get two prospects. If, if we assume Daniel Dye and Roger Carruth are, are still a part of it, like I don't, you know, maybe they're signed with Chevrolet. I yeah. think they are. I think Roger Cruz is a Chevy guy. I, I think okay. he'll go wherever. Well, we're going to talk about Josh Berry later. He's quote unquote a Chevy guy. Like we don't know. Yeah. Like Roger has a really good relationship with Bubba and, and that could be another connection here with the Toyota ties. Like this is woven well, through, through and out. How about those also, guys that are, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Trey. My bad. I was just going to say this, like because of the lack of speed, it is a, it was kind of, I would say, the quote-unquote favorite to get the four car was Eric Jones pre, what, two weeks ago? It felt yeah, like we'll at least. Yeah, we'll get into that later on, but. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk I, about But I'm just here. saying, yeah. this could be a move to keep Eric Jones because it's like, hey, we are going to have the speed to win. Because SHR. I think it's just a more performance move. issue to bring him up to speed where they fell in, when they thought they were going to take a leap forward, they actually took a step back. Yeah, I think Toyota caught uh, Legacy at their weakest moment. Or, or they're just the speed's not there. I think Toyota has always wanted Eric Jones back, but never had a seat for him because uh, that was kind of. I mean, he he kind of was the face of like the to, uh, the TRD the movement for a while, like the first driver to really come up there through that. I, I feel like uh, I, I'm curious to see if that gets him to stay. I'm curious about Noah Gregson because he was a Chevy guy, uh, and it's so weird. Junior Motorsports and GMS. Had the Gregson had, did run Toyotas in the truck series. That's true, but he's part of the Drivers Edge program that Junior Motorsports yeah. and GMS had. Right, that have true. been getting people to, like Sheldon Creed's part of that. Yeah, uh, part of that. So I, I have wonder, to wonder if Noah even knew about this. Like, you know, yeah. for a while, how long to. did he know about this? This had to be month. Like, this had to be. This couldn't be like a couple weeks. This. Oh, for sure. But you, did, did he know that it was happening? Like, it had to be by the time he signed on. This is this is changing manufacturers. This is a month's thing. They probably knew before the season they were making the switch. Yeah, I don't know if they knew in November though when he was yeah. signing on. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't think because why would they change manufacturers when they were really successful last year? Yeah. Well, if you're like going, I think Matthew was right. I think they caught him at their weakest and then, point. And then Jimmy just came on. Like, let me ask you something. When's the last time Jimmy Johnson drove a car that's not a Chevrolet in NASCAR? Oh, I was gonna. Oh, I wish you just said a car. I was gonna. I had it. It was IndyCar. Uh, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was IndyCar. He drew Not a Honda in IndyCar. NASCAR, though. 
NASCAR. I know. I oh, said yeah. I hope you didn't say NASCAR. Yeah, Why do you never NASCAR. listen to me, Dalton? Well, are you going to consider? Not loud enough. This, <laughs> are you going to consider as ASA days as NASCAR, including now? ASA? When ah. is the last time Jimmy Johnson <laughs> drove something that's not Chevrolet? Gotta be a, it's a trick question. Yeah, it's a trick question. Did. The answer is never. Jimmy Johnson has never driven a stock car that is not a Chevrolet. That's why I think that's a big, like, that's a big middle finger to Chevrolet by Toyota by getting Jimmy Johnson. Like, I think that's a piece that's not really being talked about. Like, yeah, they're getting two more cars, but they're getting Jimmy Johnson going to be. How how often do you think Jimmy Johnson will be featured in these Toyota racing commercials? Oh, yeah. He'll be in those ones where they're throwing keys at each other or whatever they do. And some person (laughs) shows up. (laughs) Yeah, well, you, <laughs> you know, Trey, you talked about a little bit about the uh, the current Chevrolet drivers and the Chevrolet pipeline, you know, Raja Karuth and, and Daniel Dye. But how about the Toyota guys that are in the Toyota pipeline right now? Now they don't only have to rely on 2311 and Joe Gibbs Racing. Now they got another team they can look forward to. And we've got some pretty talented Toyota drivers in the pipeline. We've got John Oops. Undernemacek uh, as one of them, you know, Amy Smith. We, what's that? Sammy Smith. Sammy Smith, oh my gosh, yeah. (laughs) Corey Heim. Corey Heim, uh, you know, I guess the Gray Brothers or something, I don't know. But, you know, (laughs) we we can talk about that that all day. But they've got a lot of drivers and not enough cars to feed into. That was their issue. That's why they saw Eric And that's why they want to expand. That's why they saw William Myron leave. I know that was a little different because Rick kind of was like, basically kind of helped him throughout. But Rick wasn't, I mean... William was at KPM at one point. Like they, you know. they lost William Byron, they lost Noah Gregson, they lost Brandon Jones to Chevrolet, just to name a few. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know. <laughs> Phil, he, I mean, he won race. He's won races. He like, won races. He's not bad. Like there's a reason he's not in the Cup Series and he's been in the Xfinity for what ten years or whatever. I don't know. Well, regardless, he still won races for Toyota and he was a decent driver with Gibbs in the Xfinity Series, and now he's oh, in the JRM. So, you know, it's kind of difficult for the Toyota guys to see any new talent, you know, and we look at Joe Gibbs racing, you know, they just lost Kyle Busch and they've got Martin Truex Jr. Who we just talked about and Denny Hamlin. Those two guys are, you know, getting close to the end of their careers. And, but, you know, there's so many Toyota drivers to feed into that. So Toyota had to do something there. And now there's some, there's two extra opportunities for that many Toyota drivers to move up in the pipeline to reach the cup series. Yeah. One thing this does is that there's a lot of rumors always going on about how Dale Earnhardt Jr. could team up with Jimmy Johnson or something for that team. That will never happen now. Cause I think Jr. is committed to Chevy has been his whole life. Uh, another thing, you know, and Rick owns part of JRM. So it's not like he can really leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, another point, you're going to hear a lot of people, they're like, I don't want to see the 43 cars, one of them cheating yoders out there. Uh, but one thing, it's not Richard Petty's car anymore. Me and Richard Petty own the same amount of that team. Uh, and another thing, like, Petty, you own the Packers more than you, you own, yep, your ownership of taking the Packers is more <laughs> than his in Petty in Legacy Motor Club. Exactly. Uh, and another thing, Richard Petty jumped around manufacturers like more than anybody in the garage. It's 11th, that's what I read, right? 11th, 11th, different one. Yeah, so that 43 car has been a Chevy, a Dodge, a Ford, and Richard a Petty never cheated when he was racing. No, not, not absolutely not. But, uh, <laughs> it, yeah, so seeing that car as a different manufacturer is not a big deal at all. 
Well, we are finally getting to, I guess, the elephant in the room once again. We talked about it last week, and we're talking, obviously, about Ross Chastain. And, uh, you know, everyone but me said he's the next Dale Earnhardt, and I've never seen Dale Earnhardt wreck a lap car in early stages of a race before. But that's what Ross Chastain did this past week at Dover, taking out Kyle Larson um, in the process. And, uh, well... That's Ross being Ross, I guess. I mean, he couldn't get by Brendan Poole. He was battling, I believe, Austin Dillon for position at the time and kind of just shipped him up into the corner and it collected Larson. Well, uh, you know, once again, Ross is, you know, who had a really good day, maybe could have won the race, uh, is still a the headline or one of the headlines because uh, of an incident on the track. What are your guys' thoughts? Well, I'd like to say the phrase, start something, but don't finish it. And I feel like that's the Ross Chastain versus the world is kind of the, the, the premise on this. Because the other day, I mean, Brendan Poole said, you know, what do you think? He, he need a whooping or something like that. Brendan Poole was not happy with him. Kyle Larson was not happy that, you know, he got lucky for doing that circumstances of taking Kyle Larson out. So, but if they finish it off, you know, if Larson wrecks him back or Brendan Poole, you know, NASCAR is going to be looking at that and they're going to penalize them. I mean, obviously they don't have podcasts. Denny Hamlin gave it a, gave NASCAR silver platter for a reason to penalize them. But again, with this point of precedent of set by NASCAR with these penalties, you're going to wreck someone out. I mean, you can do what Larson did in the late stages, block them, but you can't really retaliate back. So Ross Chastain was kind of, you know, inexcusable early on in the race. You know, you're not even to the first end of the first stage. Um, you need a little bit more slack, kind of like what happened with, ironically, the 15 car and uh, Denny Hamlin at Richmond when J.J. Yaley was driving the car. So I think Ross Chastain, it's one of those aggressiveness is good, especially late in the race. Nobody is complaining really what happened at Talladega. But again, when you see it at Dover with this situation, it's all about the situation awareness, when to use your aggressive and when not, because at the end of the day, saying sorry to a car is not going to fix it. Uh, alternate solution. You do wreck Ross Chastain, and then you say on the radio immediately afterwards, oh, man, I did not mean to do that. <laughs> and then you get out of your car and you say, geez, sorry about that. I guess I'll have to go visit the shop and make it up to them. Because I, I got what, one better. I got one better. You what? wreck someone, or you wreck Ross, and then you say, man, he just wrecked himself on the hood of my car. <laughs> or better yet, oh, just it's dirt racing at Bristol. Did you have a tire going down? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think my power steering got messed up there in that in that third corner. It just so happened when I was going by Ross, but I mean, you know how you retaliate? Excuse me, you know how you retaliate against somebody? You do the exact same thing to them, and you just do that to Ross. You get in the back of him and say, "Oops, sorry about that. I didn't mean to do that. Gosh darn it, man! I I, I sure hope that he's okay, and I guess I apologize to that team." because that's what Ross Chastain has been doing for the last year and a half, and nobody has done anything about it. And no one will. For, what's that? I was going to say no one will. No one, no will. one will. But but, yeah. but every, that's because every it's like what Jared says, because everyone thinks that they're going to get penalized. Well, Denny Hamlin just absolutely you know destroyed J.J. Yaley at Richmond, and nothing happened to him. And you know why? It's because he said, oh, geez, sorry about that. I didn't mean to do that. I guess he checked up early darn it like <laughs> you i've been saying this for weeks you know how you get out of a penalty you don't admit to it 
you don't say anything on your podcast. Kyle Larson does not have a podcast. So don't say anything. Just just make it look good. I mean, Denny Hamlin absolutely clobbered Ross at Pocono, and he said, yeah, it's just hard racing. I didn't mean to do that. You know, whoops. You know, he, he, he was just there, and I just didn't give him any room, and that's what happened. No penalty. Well, but I would you know. argue the counterpoint of kind of what Michael Massey wrote with the uh, um, his article on fire on Fridays about drivers having no personality. I will give props though, but Ross Chastain's going to race hard, and he has a personality with that. If you're just going to come on a pit road and just deflect, 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 it just makes you seem shallow. So I, I do see the point of not being penalized, but on the same front, you're not saying what's actually on your mind. You're just like, oh, you know, when you intentionally wrecked them, and you're just like sitting there, nah, it just didn't happen, just hard racing. It makes, you know, it gives that bad look to them. But I mean, if it needs to be done, it needs to be done. But again, what do we want? What has been searching for NASCAR personalities? We're trying to remember that. And I mean, Ross Chastain's making memorable moments. I mean, well, shoot, like I said, mentioned one this week in the podcast and talked about him last week as well. So he's at least doing something right on that. But I, I mean, I understand you have to hide behind some defense, but if you're just going to deflect, 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 what, you know, are you really saying anything? Well, that, that's a NASCAR problem. I mean, yeah. that, I mean, I, I agree. You know, yeah, I'd love to go back and, you know, see drivers say, oh, yeah, I totally meant to dump him. But, you know, and then drivers fight it out on pit road or something because we all love fights. But, you know, I don't think what's the last time somebody actually got penalized. for fight? Well, I mean, Austin, Austin Hill, did he get I'm trying to remember, did he get did penalized? Austin, I don't think he got yeah. penalized for absolutely sending Myatt Snyder into the shadow realm last year. <laughs> for and then like him at Mach 12. I think fine. it was maybe yeah. Sam Mayer and Ty Gibbs. I think there was a penalty with that the yeah. spring Martinsville race. But there was a, you know, they got there was a they got fined. Who was that? Was they got it? Fined? Yeah, yeah, and I think also too they involved. I stole the video that as well. Oh, that's somewhat on recent, my phone. Though. They should have yeah. gotten a check because they, uh, you know, <laughs> all the promos that they, they're able to show <laughs> yeah. from the next race. Uh, royalties, baby. Yeah, yeah. I, I was in a I was in a restaurant. I was in a bar when that happened, and I saw like nobody was paying attention to the race, and then they started fighting, and then everyone was glued to the TV. <laughs> like I yelled, I yelled, oh bleep. <laughs> in the middle of pit road. <laughs> as i'm recording it if you if you well, listen to the recording you hear oh, oh, oh! <laughs> trey had to change his pants ad <laughs> trey, trey was like well please don't hit me <laughs> uh say, brendan pool what did brendan pool say in his i'm beating his ass he needs yeah, to yeah. he needs to get oh. he needs to get his ass beat yeah he said something like that I'm thinking, well, why don't you go do it, Brennan? Let me tell you, if Brennan Poole, that was within the first 100 laps of the race, if he's waited 300-plus more miles and then been sitting there waiting when Ross got out the car and then been the one to beat his ass, Brennan Poole would be the the most popular driver in NASCAR this week. (laughs) He would be making all the clips. People would be like, man, this guy's awesome. Instead, he's he's another driver backing up my claim that what, what do I keep saying about him? They're all talk, no action. So, yeah. well, probably because Brennan Poole would get penalized twenty five thousand well, dollars, oh, and yeah. that's money that he does not have. <laughs> the money's neither does Rick Bear Racing. The money's a good point, but I was gonna say if they penalize him points, he's not racing for cup points, so that part wouldn't matter. <laughs> well, the NASCAR just penalize him money. <laughs> well, yeah, it's money popular. and points. <laughs> yeah, they gotta have that bail money for. Uh... Can y'all let me host the show? We gotta. <laughs> we're running no. out of time. <laughs> 
Speaking of popular drivers, time for, I guess, our side topic that you'll see on the Front Stretch YouTube page as well. So front, check out the Front Stretch YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe. That's for you, Jared. Uh, Josh Berry is in kind of the news of uh, Clint Boyer hinted on the broadcast that he has secured a cup ride with, quote-unquote, a super team next season. And he's done well in his, uh, I guess, injury relief, both of Chase Elliott. I get a second-place finish at Richmond. Top 10 finish this past week at Dover. I guess he's proven that he belongs in the Cup Series. So my question to you as we wrap up the happy hour, what is Josh Berry's Cup ride next season that it's been hinted at? I like to eliminate some things first. First things first, got to eliminate uh, with this charter system going on. I don't see Dale Nair Jr. jumping up to the Cup Series until after the New Deal in 2024. And like I said, this ride at, is for 2024 and beyond. So that kind of rules out the possibility of a new team. Start looking within the Chevy camp. You're going to have to roll out Hendrick Motorsports. All four of those drivers are signed past 2024. And you have some other drivers as well, like Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And you have Corey LaJoy. So you're kind of really scratching your head where within the Chevy camp. But also, you mentioned this earlier, Kevin Harvick's retiring, and he's in a Ford. Did Ford just snatch up one of the more consistent drivers in the Xfinity Series that's talented and, you know, you have Ty Gibbs is raw talent, but kind of on the opposite spectrum, Josh Berry consistently can get top tens in and out in even situations like this, where he's thrown in for a loop. So I, I do see the speculation of why that makes sense for Josh Berry to make the four car. I'm not going to put all my money in the bank, but I think there's good reason because there's not a lot of room to go upward in the cup series. I agree with you, Jared. I think it's the four car. I think him and Rodney Childress based off of, Rodney's background, you know, would mesh well. It's the only kind of logical choice, especially when Clint said super team, because I think that that basically goes down to two cars and it's both Fords. It's the 21 and it's the four. And I lean going Stuart Haas racing because I think that they are probably better at taking a drive. They're more likely to take a driver who's not as funded compared to the 21. Um, and I, I kind of see Zane Smith poised for the 21 at this point. So um, I'm, I'm leaning the four as well. So I think we all agree on the four, but let me introduce a new idea. What if Martin Truex Jr. is retiring? Is Martin Truex Jr. considered a popular driver? Kind of. Joe Gibbs Racing is most certainly a super team. So maybe Toyota just did more than snatch up a Chevrolet team. Maybe they just snapped that, uh, snatched up a Chevrolet driver as well. So, you know, there there's some possibilities there. Personally, I do think it's the four, but how about an alternative idea? So what was the thing, Boyer? Did Boyer say it was it a was super team, uh, popular driver, and did he say that they were retiring, or did he say they – He just said a super team, so, and Larry McReynolds hinted it would be announced at Coke 600 weekend. Super team. And, and the uh, couch racing, it was which couch is like, racing. yeah, Freddie Kraft yeah. has said it wasn't the 19. Wasn't the 19. Yeah. Oh, he did, I'm sorry. Oh, he did say it was. It wasn't the 19. No. Yeah, like I, I think John Hunter. John Hunter is getting the 19. Yeah. If if MTJ retires, John Hunter is getting the 19. Yeah. There's some other I drivers would, in front of. Okay, I would well, bet. I did not see my that. life savings. Might as well just cut me You're out good. then. Well, so another, I would say another possibility. I'm just trying to think other possibilities besides. Obviously, I think the four is the. Front runner, the four, the four, well, the he could, we could just say Stuart Haas because he'd be the Stuart four, Haas. the 10. Yeah, any of those. The, the other ones I'm thinking, though, if Eric Jones leaves, 
43 car maybe um, yeah i'm trying to think what else but that would be announced in the coke 600 that's the thing like you got to think about the announcement part another thing denny hamlin's not signed for next year the, if fedex were to leave fedex is scaled back a lot i feel more confident about denny hamlin leaving than i do about truex retiring I mean, I him see, going uh, to his own team Eric Jones signed a multi-year contract in 2022. Yeah, but contracts are There's like... a thing called a buyout. Oh, I know. I'm <laughs> just Tyler saying... Reddick, Tyler Reddick. I'm just going to use Tyler Reddick as yeah, an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, I could see the 11 car as another possibility if Denny goes to start his own team. And Chargers aren't really available, but there's a certain Rick Ware car. If it finishes in the bottom three spots, they could lose their Charger again. Uh, so just, just throwing that out there as another possibility. Why do why do you not think it's Junior Motorsports, Jared? I mean, this is a time where the uh, like I said, Junior Motorsports. Dale Junior has already mentioned that he wants to go to the Cup Series. The only hurdle for him is the charter system and the charter system price. And we've seen prices have climbed since then, and demand's even getting more and more up there. And I think with this next TV deal, we're going to finally figure out where the um, the deal is going to. Like I said, where the values of charters are going to be. Um, so. Making a move you know, now would not be, you know, it not be the best move for Junior Motorsports for their future if they're going to spend a lot of money and they're not worth as much. So I don't think it's Junior Motorsports if they've already announced it's for 2024. Also, you know, if you think about it, Rick Hendrick owns Junior Motorsports, at least part of it. I know he, he's part of the ownership group because that was kind of the deal when he came to Hendrick. So he would have to theoretically, I believe, sell that part of it because he can't have any ownership in a fifth cup team i'm yeah. sure though yeah i don't yeah. see why not you know i'm sure Joe. Yeah, i'm just saying it. there's an extra layer to this i'm just that's well they mean out. they run they ran technically five at what like watkins Glen with the 17 in the 88 200 cars.com cars at watkins Glen. they're that's two the different teams. series i'm talking about cup like you only are yeah it's only cup it's where you're limited, limited. Xfinity. yeah no limited xfinity gotcha either. So that will do it for episode three of the podcast. Make sure you check out our video when we talk about Josh Berry. Most of us agree to the four car. Um, Mr. Massey's hinting at a JGR car a little bit, as well as subscribe wherever you get the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Thank you so much for listening to the happy hour. <laughs>